Hello, everybody. Welcome to Telly Talks. And today we will be talking with Walter Mosley, who is a Harvard lawyer, producer, real estate agent developer, and entrepreneur. Thank you for coming on, Walter. Thanks for having me, Telly. So for those that don't know who you are, can you give us a little brief description on Mr. Mosley himself? Sure. I am uh, originally from Detroit, Michigan, um, where I was born and raised. I went to college as a, uh, a software engineer at the University of Michigan, got tired of the cold, moved to South Africa, enjoyed my time there, um, then went back to the cold for law school at uh, Harvard Law School. Uh, I was there for three years, then um, clerked on the Sixth Circuit, which is which was basically going back home to Michigan for uh, an amazing judge, Judge Damon Keith, um, then worked a little bit in New York, transferred to Los Angeles and began a career as a, um, as a, uh, a lawyer here in Los Angeles. I've been practicing almost a little bit over, I guess almost 15 years, a little more than 15 years um, and really enjoying it. I've done all types of things as a lawyer. Um, primarily my practice is, um, is half uh, entertainment um, and the other half is uh, labor and employment law. I've, um, I've built a number of businesses, both for myself and for my clients over the years. I'm a serial entrepreneur, um, restaurateur, real estate. Um, so basically the smartest boss that we're going to meet thus far. I like, you know what? I like the way that sounds. I should have, I should have thought of that. <laughs> but listen, Rick I, Ross who? Yeah, what? I think I wrote that. The real Walter Mosley. Seriously. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack. You said South Africa. What were you doing over there? Um, well, I had a really great opportunity. I was doing a master's uh, program at the University of Michigan and had opportunity to study ways of, um, in, of, of local inclusion in national politics. Um, so I, I got an opportunity to go to South Africa when I was in graduate school at the University of Michigan. And what we were studying is looking at opportunities to um, include local citizens uh, or, or into the national political conversation. So 20 years ago, um, once a elected official left um, his or her region and went down to the main seat of government in Pretoria. Um, this is before the proliferation of cell phones uh, or before we had, uh, where, where there was great access to things like email or FaceTime or, or, or Zoom. Um, you know, there wouldn't be a whole lot of communication back home to see what people actually needed uh, their representatives to do. And so um, we were working in building technology and software that would allow it was basically like what Zoom sits on and what um, uh, Skype sits on, just voice over IP that allowed, um, you know, the allowed the representatives to actually speak to their constituents um, over the internet, uh, which seems like a very common thing today, but it wasn't at that time. Um, and and how that could affect or better affect um, or better give a voice to local politics and national national government. So. Um, I was a part of that that program, and um, it was just really exciting. Um, I presented at the World Summit on Sustainable Development in Johannesburg in 2000 and, um, 2002. I, I, I presented at the African Development 
uh, Forum in Addis Ababa. And so I had some great relationships I was able to tie back into. Um, and, you know, 10 years later, I was really able to um, really make a difference and, and really allow my clients to make a difference on the continent. Um, and then I also had a chance to represent some great, you know, African music talent like Debange, who's become a great dear friend, but also uh, an amazing client and an artist, entertainer, uh, entrepreneur, um, and I've done countless other um, deals with um, telecoms over on the continent. So I'm very proud of that work, both as uh, a student um, and also as a lawyer and as a representative of, of, of entertainment, entertainment concepts um, over, over uh, in the continent. That's so dope. So speaking of clients, I know you have a crazy clientele Rolodex. Um, who's your favorite client? You are, Telly. <laughs> <laughs> That's an obvious question. I, I don't have any other clients but you. You're Listen, my only one. I have no drama in my life to really need like law services all the time. But like, I know you deal with crazy shit like I know there's especially here in LA you know and I feel like as a lawyer when you deal with stuff like how do you how do you take everything in without like getting emotionally attached or involved with your clients issues oh that's difficult because you're for me at least my ability to service and to give my all comes with my ability to connect with you, right? So uh, I try to represent my clients like I'm representing someone that's uh, someone's my family, uh, my parents, my friends. Um, so I just make it a point to give my all and be the best that I can be. So oftentimes you do become very well connected um, and then you learn someone very intimately. You, you understand uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, but you really do understand the struggles that the person he or she may be going through that has caused the issue, or just if you're representing them kind of broadly, like you understand what makes them tick. When you can take down the walls and they can stop being the celebrity and just be their their self, then you'll they, they can be very very kind and very 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 loving, um, and, and and quite frankly quite fun to be around. I actually try to bring it closer together because I think my representation is better the better connected I am with with them. And you're like a very calm person. Like for the people that don't know Walter, um, he, I'll call him with stuff and I have serious anxiety and he's like, oh, just record everything and call me later. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm about to like go to jail here. Like what's going on? And you're just so calm. And I just love that you have a calm spirit when people present you their problems, you know? And it's not as far as, me when people present me their problems you know I'm not a lawyer but it's so hard to stay calm because like my mentality just goes straight into like oh my gosh what can I do to help and I'm panicking and you know I try my best to give some type of advice but it's obviously not legal and it's obviously you know the best I could do to my ability from my mind and my heart and I feel like as a woman more we're more um, vulnerable when it comes to um, giving advice and, you know, taking legal advice and you're kind of more stern and um, you know what to do. So I feel like when you seek legal advice, 
Um, cause there's times I'll call and I'm like, it, it has nothing to do with legal advice. It's just like, okay, what, what do I need help with from Walter? Cause I feel like you would give the best advice in general and it'll still be legal advice. Yes. So when I seek, when I seek advice, it might not always be legal advice, but when you give advice, it is advice that helps my mental and it'll still be legal at the same time. So it's, it's, it's just easier to accept that way because you know, Hey, this is the right way to go about things, the legal way to go about things. And it just makes you feel more at ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the way I think about this is no one wants their firefighter to be nervous Right. or have too much, like too fidgety, too much adrenaline, right? The firefighter has to be collected to be able to handle the fire. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't have the adrenaline pumping inside and that I'm not really excited and I, I kind of have a 10 step plan I already figured out I'm gonna jump on. Um, but it, what it does mean is that I have to deliver it in such a way that it kind of brings everybody else's um, momentum and energy um, down and calm. It's, it's calming, but also is like very methodical and, um, and that you can follow even when you're like jacked up and riled up, right? So okay. That's kind of how I look at it, how I think about how I want to deliver it. And then too, like I spent a great deal of time meditating. I'm also a classically trained pianist. I play a lot of piano. That helps me like deal with my own anxiety and my own um, calming effects. So no weed um, for you. I also... <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need, it's not, not that we know it's, it's meditation. Um, it's, it's, it's calming your own mind, your mind, concentrating on your breathing, your focus, those things. Um, and then also therapy. Um, you know, I think we're always concerned about like our physical health, you know, we're working out, we're drinking smoothies, we're taking vitamins. I, I do all of those things. Uh, you know, I juice, uh, but it wasn't until I got to be uh, into my thirties that I really started taking serious my own mental health mm-hmm. and finding like a gem for my mental health, which is really the, what, what your therapist does and taking that serious and taking that as part of your, your regimen and, and removing the stigma of seeing a therapist and, or talking to someone um, about, you know, what's just going on in your own, in your own head. So I, I take that very serious. Um, I always am advocating um, about awareness and mental health awareness, um, particularly for people in my profession, because all day long, we're, we're like kind of therapists too. So all day long, we're hearing people's problems and we're expected to give solid advice. But then like, if you're always giving and giving and giving, when you have the opportunity to receive and to heal. So, um, so that's it. So meditation, therapy, and piano. That, that's okay. kind of like my secret to it. How, what type of meditation do you do? Cause I feel like everyone meditates differently. Um, well, I, some, some guided, some non-guided. Um, I try to give myself 20 to 30 minutes a day of just getting quiet to meditate. Um, sometimes I use my classical piano music to help me get into a space. Um, really for me, it's just concentrating on my breathing um, and really trying to push everything out of my mind and to get focused and still. Um, and so I could hear my own thoughts because a lot of times like you're the, my greatest advice to myself and my greatest advice to my clients 
it comes from within, but you have to get really quiet and really still to be able to hear that kind of that inner voice, that inner person that's that's telling you what the answer is. And so that's what that's where I get, you know, the meditation is important for me, pathway or vehicle for me to get that, to get that information. So um, I oftentimes when I meditate, I keep a book by my side and I, I, I write down notes or thoughts that come to me as I'm meditating. Just it also helps me flesh my brain out, but it, it, it helps me capture those nuggets that are there waiting for me to hear and to pay attention to. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you said um, therapy and mental health, because like you said, a lot of people don't believe in therapy or don't feel that therapy or seeing a therapist would help you, but it's just such a weight off of your shoulders after you talk to someone that isn't judging your issues Mm -hmm. or what you have going on. They're very non-judgmental when it comes to hearing your, your problems. They're just there to help. So a lot of people that don't see therapists and think that it's not, you know, a good idea or it's not something they want to waste money on. It's so helpful and you don't have to have the biggest problems or something that might seem like the biggest problem to you. You know, you see a therapist one time, two times, three times, once a week, once a month, however long you need. It's, it's so helpful, you know, with mental, mental health and um, especially what's going on with the world now with coronavirus and, you know, people losing family members left and right and businesses going down. It, it, really helps with therapy. So I'm glad that you mentioned that and um, brought that up. Yeah, it's important to me. And um, it's an important part of kind of like my own growth, my maturation, my ability to deliver great advice to be the best lawyer I can be. Um, Also like to be able to juggle so many different things. We talked about this at the beginning. I'm doing a lot of things. Um, You know, I never really wanted to be pigeonholed into one little thing. I'm a fantastic lawyer, but I'm also a great businessman. I'm also a great restaurateur. I'm a great software engineer. I still love doing that. Um, there are things that I like to do that. And I also like to give back. I like to sit on boards. I like to serve people. I, I enjoy politics, local politics, national politics. I enjoy a lot of different things. So in order to be able to have space to be able to do all those different things and not drive myself crazy, therapy is a big part of that. Absolutely. And speaking of businesses, what businesses do you have going on right now? I know you're into everything. Well, um, so because we're coming right out of COVID, what's kind of like needs my most attention right now is the restaurant business. Um, I have a fantastic um, business partner, Zach Neal, um, and we've created a number of concepts with uh, um, G and Tim, our other two partners, um, coming out of New York here in a couple here in Los Angeles, DC, Las Vegas. Um, the real goal is to keep growing and expanding these concepts, but it's finding the, the proper mix between um, experiential um, intellectual property um, and food and beverage. And so it's, it's right now, um, you know, if there's one thing I've learned is like, you know, you, the reason why you go out to eat is because there's an experience that someone's going to offer you because Postmates and Uber Eats can deliver you the best food in the world right to your doorstep and it tastes better at home. Um, you know, you don't have to put on the, the fancy clothes, you can like literally just eat it in, eat in your shorts. So um, what we've always done and what we're going to continue to do um, as we grow past COVID is just continue to develop, uh, deliver like great quality food and cocktails with like 
an added experience, like a reason to a, a reason to be, a reason to congregate with your friends. Um, and so a lot of our stuff is character driven. Like I said, it's IP driven. It's about connecting with something from your childhood, from your youth. We do a lot of 80s, 90s mashups concepts um, and relate that to kind of who you are as an adult today and 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 kind of your your palate, your food palate today. So um, all all the stuff that I've done thus far has been mostly family friendly. Um, it does skew more adult, but um, you know, at least daytime, you can bring kids there. You can, you know, you can something you can be proud of. Um, so that's on the restaurant stuff. We laid off like over a hundred people. So um, I want to get back to that business. That business provided a lot of um, it provided a living for a lot of people. I want to get back to doing it. I didn't make a lot of money from it. Um, we did well. We do well. I mean, uh, don't pull on us. We we make plenty of money, but um, I did it because of the opportunities I was able to give to um, families and folks that worked for us, um, as well as like just having a cool place to be and to, and to congregate and, um, and something fun to do. Um, so, I, so that's, that's, that's kind of like on top of my brain and trying to figure out and sort through all the different ways we can make money in this, in this environment, right. And with limited seating, limited capacity, how we can be safe, how we can make sure that, we're aggressive about making money, but also like aggressive about safety for our, both our employees and for uh, and for the customers. So that's a, that's the new big challenge. Um, I have a really crazy AI um, project I'm doing with my business partner Vincent Peters. It's called Inheritance, and um, it's about memory preservation and the idea of like idea of like living forever um, and preserving your you know every year hundreds of millions of people die a year and then their information, their brain, their energy, their memories all dissipate with them and thinking of ways where we can keep those memories. I mean, film and television, but like keeping those memories in that person and then using the predictive technologies so that we can, we can connect your, your old memories with new ideas, new concepts, the internet and, and allow us and allow, our, allow us to live forever. Um, or at least the memories of us and of our beings to live forever. So um, that's been a really great project and really tying back to um, what I did as an engineer 20, 20, 25 years ago back at University of Michigan. Um, Vincent's another brother that's doing it. So Inheritance AI. And it's and the idea of the company is memory preservation. And it so this literally is, is live. This is like you can actually get your memory preserved. Absolutely. That, that's what the technology wow. does, right? It, 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 it preserves your memories. And then what it does is that the, what the AI does, it, it takes from your memories and it learns an algorithm, how you might think or how you might process things based upon your memories. And then it puts in new inputs that actually have not happened and predicts how you might respond, right? Um, so that, so, so for example, um, if you weren't alive when uh, Biden became president, um, you may have thoughts or this new technology, this technology might be able to predict what your thoughts would be about the new president, right? Or about what's going to happen in the future. So that is, that is the, that is the in, in game. And, and before we just did this for very rich people, we would build these models for corporate CEOs and people that wanted um, to use it more of a, like an instructional tool to um, to employees, and the goal is to really figure out how do we take this technology and bear it down so that 
you know, the, you, the same way you do it with 23andMe or the same way you do it with, mm-hmm. with um, Ancestry, do it, you know, 1995 a month. So um, that's, that's the goal. That's, 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 that, I've been working on that for about two years now. Uh, with Vince, Vince is a West Point grad, um, worked at SpaceX, is a super smart engineer, super smart guy. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a fun, fun, fun project. Oh man, that reminds me of this show that was on Netflix called uh, Altered Carbon. You know what I'm talking about? Well, they take like, yeah, it's like where they take your subconscious and they move it in other, another body, which is like a sleeve and you're in someone else's, your mind is in someone else's body. So it, it's crazy, but that's how yeah, that, that is, that is absolutely that's what this is. It's Westworld. It's Alter Carbon. It's its idea that our minds, or version of our minds, can move throughout different sleeves. The um, in, in those cases, it is like the conscious. This is this is very much acknowledging the fact that these are just Memor- recordings of your memories that piece together an idea of what could be. And so, oh, okay. So, how much would that cost? Like, how much would that cost to have like an AI? Sure. I mean, that tells all of your memories. Well, um, right now we're building them at about half a million dollars um, a pop. Um, we've had a, quite a few customers doing it that, that way. Um, it's way too expensive because it takes so many engineers. It's so difficult. Right. Um, um, and, and, and right now we're putting those memories in. Um, so the cool things about the memories that, you know, we match the voice. That's so the your 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 avatar speaks with your voice, um, and um, depending on how much footage and how we record it, um, we're we're masking the the um, the gestures and the ideas. But the the avatar still lives inside of a um, like a computer three D world, right? It's not Westworld quite yet, where we've created these avatars or these sleeves that we can put the technology inside and like it's, it's a touching, feeling human. Right. It it is really just a it's still living inside of a computer. Right. Um, but it's pretty cool. We 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 built it on top of AWS on Amazon's technology. So it's um it's you know, these models are connected to the internet. So it's your memories connected to the internet attempting to think and respond as you might think and respond. That'll be great for like people that have family members that have dementia or, you know, to help regain their memories back and just to know who's around them and, you know, if they forgot or someone that's gone through a coma and, you know, for, for the, for medical reasons, not just, you know, people that are fortunate and can afford something like that, but for, for medicine and, you know, people that have gone through things, there has to be some type of um, way that um, eventually I know everything's still new now, but to make it so it's affordable to people that, you know, need it for medical reasons as well. Because that that's like, that's going to be epic. It is going to be big. I mean, there's medical. Um, we right now are um, developing something for Disney that's uh, top secret. We've taken his speeches and his books and we've created an algorithm about how he might think about the world or things, right? Wow. And so now the model that we have can talk, you can have limited conversation with them, 
Uh, but the idea is that you can talk with him and ask him about how, you know, how, how do you, how would you respond to this, this lawsuit that just happened? Or how would you think about this, this matter, this police shooting? And, and then this model could give you an idea, give you a thought about how based upon his life and, and what he did, how you might do it. Um, but the concept really is like, hey, you know, could you go to a theme park and meet Jesus and his 12 disciples and talk to them? and ask them questions Imagine. um that's kind of that's like 10 years 15 years down the road but that's kind of the idea like you know can you go and talk to your favorite basketball player or your favorite artist um and be able to engage and interact with them um you know so you know, well okay, now that you brought it up now that you brought that up if you got the chance to talk to jesus and his disciples what would you say or ask Wow, that's a, that's a tough one. That's you brought actually it up, like, not me. <laughs> I did. I did because me and the and and the rest of people on my board are like very like like making Jesus is the model, but also very difficult because there's everyone has a different idea of who Jesus is and what Our he voice was, and you know yeah. the different texts that him. Um, and so you know it's, it's there's Catholic Church Jesus, there's you know. Protestant Jesus, there's a, 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 a different Jews for Jesus, there's Jesus. different ideas of it. So um, what would I ask? You know, I, I would like to hear more on the ideas and thoughts around compassion. Um, because I think that is, that's something I just believe in and I work and I strive to do is to continue to find compassion, to keep a heart open for those who have less than, um, because you know, I've been really blessed. I have great parents. You know, I got to go to some really amazing, expensive private schools. I've got some of the best education in the world. Um, I, I live a really cool life here in Los Angeles. And it's about like always remembering to stay humble and to stay, um, you know, thoughtful of the other people from where I'm from, at least from, from Detroit, like the people I knew I grew up with. And not forgetting about that and making sure I reach back and give back and like just continue to think about how to be more of a compassionate person. So in my study, you know, I'm always writing about like success within like the way you've like everything you need to be successful, you're, it's inside of you because um, you're literally one in a million. And I, I always talk about like you being able to create and manifest what it is you're trying to do and it, it happens with your mind and your belief. Um, and, but the other thing that I speak a lot about is having compassion and showing love to your fellow human, your fellow man um, or woman. Um, and so I think that's, as a, at least as a country where we've been falling so short lately, um, kind of maybe, one might say we've always been falling short here, but by having more compassion for our neighbors, like we could do much better. We can go much further. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of frustrating. Like you can never get anything done. For example, in Congress, I have some friends that are in Congress and like, it's so political. And no, even, even if both people want to do the right thing, like they don't do the right thing, they, they'd rather do nothing than to be helpful. Um, you know, when I look at what like Mitch McConnell does or doesn't do just to be spiteful, just for the idea of politics, you know, it's one thing to win, but it's another thing to be like compassionate for people. And um, there are a lot of people that I don't agree with, and I think might even be assholes, but um, there are some things some common ground that I can always find. We're talking about like just being a good human, being a good person, helping 
helping others that are in need. So we, so for example, I think about like the stimulus checks, like the fact that people could disagree, people could say, no, I don't, I'm giving someone too much money. It's like, that's almost offensive to any human. Why wouldn't you want to help right. those less than more money? Why wouldn't you want to, like, no one's working. It's, it's hard. People are dying. Why would you not want to support? Like, how could you not support? When you have well, to support. Absolutely. And they, uh, it's, it's fake numbers anyway. They're just going to write a check anyway. They're deciding to not help people. It's like, it's, like it's, it's, it's anti-humanistic. Um, and they're doing it in the name of, of politics. And, and uh, so it's unfortunate. Um, so, so compassion, I was asking about compassion. I, I asked him how to appeal to people because here's the other crazy thing that some of the most um, non-compassionate or incompassionate people in the world are Christians, so-called, so-called quote unquote Christians. So, um, you know, when I, you know, every time you watch the Senate, they open with a prayer from the chaplain. Like this is still a very Protestant Christian country. And for everyone to be kind of focused and aligned that way, but can't, live that life and that's that's that becomes problematic um for me and something that i would like to address but also something i'd like to learn more about to get better for myself absolutely yeah it's, it's a lot of things in this you know um this world and religion and politics that i feel as humans we have a lot of opinions on and you know that's i mean we're humans you know and i oh you know it's crazy like um you being a lawyer and you being as smart and intelligent as you are, speaking of humans and life in this world, do you believe in aliens? Whoa, well, um, I do believe that there, that, that there's more to this world than that we know. Um, I think very like arrogant to believe that we're the only thing existing in this big, amazing space. Right. There has to so there's something else calling them aliens you know whatever that term means but if you I mean like extraterrestrial like other life forms out, out, right. out there yeah i think so for sure there's something else that's out there. it just doesn't make sense that we're the only world in this galaxy this universe that has some type of living organism just doesn't make sense to me you know like right. i feel like i feel like i genuinely feel like men in black in the end when they're the alien or extraterrestrial, whatever you want to call it, is like playing with marbles and we're in those little marbles. Like, I feel yeah. like that's so true. Like, you know, we're, we're just so minuscule and we, we think we're, you know, like we know everything and we just are so knowledgeable and it's like, here they are playing with us like in little marbles somewhere in the galaxy or, I don't know, but it's just so much that I feel like we don't know or uh, we might know within our government that they're not telling us because we panic or we have anxiety or we don't know how to handle it as a race or a humankind. And it's just, it might be better for our own good, you know, that we don't know these things that they might know or they're, they have knowledge of. So crazy out here. Well, um, I want to know. So somebody tell me. Please, <laughs> let tell me. Please let me know. Where are y'all? I know y'all here. Where know, are you? Right. So I was. <laughs> isn't right. Exactly. Didn't they say that like the government has a certain amount of days to tell us about aliens or something? Isn't that a no. thing right now? It'd be a thing. I mean, I, 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 I have no clue. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some type of 
fail safe that the government has put in place to protect the people because you know we can be cheap sometimes yeah uh, but i have no clue you know, I, I i do listen to my fair share of conspiracy theories uh but i mean um, i don't know that one. You have to though. I mean, it just it's not logical and it doesn't make sense to just think like, oh, we're there's nothing else in this world besides humans and animals and plants, and that's it. Like mm-hmm. there has to be some type of different type of organism, living organism that's out here outside of our world, you know? But to each his own. So anyways, I have uh, questions that I ask everyone on my podcast and they are this or that questions to help the audience get to know the person outside of their professional realm. All right. Shoot. Are you ready for these questions? They're this or that. So you got to pick either. Okay. Got it. All right. I'm gonna put a little timer on time starts now. Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Pen or pencil? <sighs> pencil. Train or plane? Plane. Football or basketball? Basketball. College or professional? Oh. College. That's a tough one for you. <laughs> College. Cooking or baking? Cooking. Rap or R&B? Rap. Text or call? Text. Paper or plastic? Paper. Hot dogs or hamburger? Hot dogs. (laughs) Movies or TV shows? TV shows. Action or comedy? Action. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Toast or eggs? Eggs. Twitter or IG? IG. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Cake or pie? Cake. Swimming or tanning? Mm, Swimming. Work hard or play hard? Oh, work hard. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. Gym or bed? Bed. Car or truck? Car. Save or spend? Spend. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Beer or wine? Wine. Bath or shower? Shower. Sweet or sour? Oh, that's a good one. Sweet. (laughs) Sneakers or sandals? Sneakers or what's the other one? Sandals. Sneakers. Uh, Email or letter? Email. Meat or veggies? Meat. Face or body? body (laughs) night in or night out night in smell or taste smell catching flights or catching feelings catching feelings 
short or tall? Tall. Burps or farts? For me or for my partner? For whoever one you want to answer for. Burps. Snore or drool? Drool. Thick or thin? Thick. Quick or slow? Quick. Loud or quiet? Quiet. Wet or dry? Wet. Last but not least, spit or swallow? <laughs> <laughs> she has to swallow. I thought you'd get a kick out of that one. <laughs> Every time. Oh my gosh, I'm weak. Well, thank you so much, Walter, for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank and you. let everyone know where they could find you. Uh, at Walter Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y, on all socials. And he's amazing inside and out, guys. So make sure you guys check out for Walter. Thank you, Telly. Thank you. Have a good Have one. You too. Bye. Bye.